0: Welcome to episode 130 of the Deep Line Podcast, powered by Ronnie Dog Media. My name is Chris Darwin at Ten Potatoes FM, and we've got a very special podcast today because we're taking a step back in time to the world of Championship Manager. Uh, James Jones is still on the on the podcast with us, but we've got a very special guest by going by the name of Dave Black at CM 9798, and we're going to go straight over to him. And here is lovely Geordie accent. Hello, Dave.
1: All right, Chris, how are you doing?
0: Very well indeed, thank you. And James, hello. Let the people know that you are here today. Yeah, I'm here. Good stuff. And this is uh, just in in the uh, in being very honest with the listeners, as we always are. This is the second time we've recorded this intro because I forgot to press record again. How does that? How does that keep happening? How can I not remember to press record when doing a podcast? And it always seems to happen when there's when there's a guest on as well. So, Dave, we've gone one step further than we did with poor Jack a couple of weeks ago because. We remember to go back and do it properly, so you should feel very, very blessed.
1: Well, I was promised you a Chris one take Darwin, but that's been blowing all over. Right
0: it? <laughs> yeah, it's a myth, mate. It's an absolute myth. Um, that you should. We're, we're going to release the outtakes near Christmas time. If if James and I make it to Christmas, uh, we will we will we re- will do the outtakes, and it will be the. Uh, the, probably the least listened to podcast over the lot, but but Dave, we've got you on because you are known as Mister Championship Manager ninety seven ninety eight. But if I've done my maths correctly, you're not actually old enough to have played the original game, are you?
1: Oh, I was, yeah. yeah. I, um, my first Champ Manager was uh, 96, 97 when I was ah. I was eight. Um, and then I remember having to beg my parents to let me go and buy the new one because it looked exactly the same. But
0: uh, as it did back it, then. didn't it? Well,
1: it, it was just a database update. But you know, I wanted John Barnes at Newcastle. I wasn't going to wait and try and buy him as a thirty-six-year-old. So,
0: wow, that's the that's the, uh, the, the the bits I remember as well. Is that I mean, it's still the same now, though, isn't it? That it's pretty much just a database update. I know they flog us all these new sort of bits and pieces that are in it, but most of us are still. I say that I'm still buying it just because it's it's got all the the updated players. I'm not too fussed about a lot of the. A lot of the new features, but we have also learned there that my maths is shocking. So, Blackie, there's been many, many, many games since uh, since ninety seven, ninety eight came out, obviously. So, why is it this one that you've that you've gone back to and kind of made your your retro name around?
1: Well, there were uh, there were two games um, that I really kept going back to. One was obviously ninety seven, ninety eight, and the other one was a uh, one or two. Um, the reason I actually went for ninety seven, ninety eight in the end was I'd. Uh, I'd been playing it uh, just casually, really, and we we got talking with with some friends about it, and uh, some of the things that were happening. Enough time had elapsed that they were actually quite funny. Uh, going back to them now to see, for example, on the game I was playing, Joe Kinnear had ended up being the Inter Milan manager, and he was he was the best manager in the world. And at the time, mm. he was he was actually in the middle of ruining Newcastle. So um, there was the sort of thing that was still relevant, but it was a longer time a long time ago enough to uh, to, to to be funny. Um, yeah. And I was looking to get into into writing again. I, I used to write bits and pieces about the Premier League, but trying to get noticed in, in that pond was impossible because everyone was writing about it. Um so I I did a quick search on, on Twitter and there was enough going on already about Champ Man or one oh two, so I decided ninety seven ninety eight was the way to go. Um and uh it's 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 really worked. It's uh, people have really really cool. engaged with it.
0: There's de- there's definitely a market in that going back into uh into things gone by and 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 with the knowledge that we have sort of 20 years later making a few subtle jokes about them uh, somebody somebody else should write a book on that i think as well there's a definite value in that
2: (laughs) so david what's your uh, greatest achievement playing it
1: well to be honest i don't remember being particularly good at it when i first got it um i'm going to put that down to being nine but um (laughs) but since since i've started playing it again i'm thankfully a lot better i don't I think, sadly, probably my greatest achievement is, is finishing the game. Uh, the, the game runs for 30 seasons, and then it, then it stops. Um, so that was the, my intention all the time with the blog, was to get to the end. Um, it actually got halfway through the first time, and then uh, I had a, an issue saving a game, and it corrupted. So I had to start again. Um, but getting to the end and, um, more importantly, keeping Peter Beasley playing all the way through until he was 65, yes. that's, that's probably my greatest achievement
0: that that was that was pretty incredible it was a bit, it was a bit like just trying to find out what the ending of lost was going to be in many ways <laughs> no, nobody had a clue what was going to be the the end screen for example yeah, keeping Beardsley going. As you say, he was 65, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, so it turns out that if you keep a player on the shortlist, it, he keeps playing forever. Um, so I was monitoring trying to get his regen, because when players retire, they get re- regenerated as, you know, like a 17 year old version of themselves. Yeah. So it, so I was monitoring for that. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't realise was it actually keep him playing. Um, but in, in many ways, I was pleased he did, because, uh, to be honest, by the time you get maybe 15 to 20 seasons in, um, that there's not that many real players, real managers still around, so having someone to relate back to all the time was sort of a punchline. Um, really helped out, and it helped as well that I was the England manager and I was able to cap this pensioner and uh, yeah. actually win the World Cup with him. So,
0: <laughs> but he was still, yeah, he was still doing doing bits and pieces, wasn't he? As a player.
1: Well, he was player manager of well a number of clubs, um, but he was at Man City by the end, and uh, he started picking himself again as a 63-year-old, having gone 10 years pretty much without playing himself. But when he reached 63, he decided that was the time to bring himself back on the fold. <laughs> Uh Obviously, Keane enhances international ambitions, uh, and then as I say ended up. I think he scored the winning goal in the World Cup final of 2026, which I, I couldn't have scripted. I was really, really glad when he did, but it was almost on ridiculous that it would happen.
0: Excellent. That's so a proper, a, a real life sort of Roy of the Rovers, Roy Race. Nobody yeah. can really work out how old he is, but it does, the computer game does tell us how old he is in this in this instance. But yeah, that's nice, superb. So what was, you might now tell us exactly the same name, but for you, who, who was the greatest player on 97-98? On
1: uh, well, it depends if you're sort of a top club or a lower end club. If I was a top club, I would always get Ibrahim Abagayogo um he was he starts the game at uh, Montpellier in France um uh, yeah. he's worth maybe between five and six million um and his, his stats are just fantastic um so he was a must-have especially when I was Newcastle he would start the game Shearer was out injured for six to nine months depending on how kind the game was uh he needed a forward because Ian Rush god love him wasn't gonna hack it um so Bakayoko was always my go-to player if I was a lower end club you've got the likes of Graham Tomlinson on a Graeme um, Andrew Man- Manwaring, who started as like a 5K non-league forward. Um, even the likes of Mark Emmers, who uh, he, he went to a World Cup for two World Cups with Belgium, but uh, by the time he was 32, the game had him down as being at a minor club, but he was fantastic. He had to get him. He was about 400 grand and he was worth every penny.
0: Mark, yeah, Mark Emmers, he was he was a player on that. I remember I remember that Manwaring guy as well. But it, it, did he actually do anything in real life?
1: Uh, no, no. Um, I was researching the other day actually for uh, for something I'm writing at the minute, but uh, he basically scored a load of goals in the Welsh Premier League and Newport wow. County bought him. Um, I don't know if the researchers at the time thought this kid's guaranteed to go on to bigger things so we're going to put him in the database anyway. Um, but it, it never seemed to transpire.
2: It seems to be the case with a lot of those names though that none of them actually go on and very, very rarely actually go on and be be as big as they are in the game but in real life.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a good example of that is, uh, say, uh, John Curtis of Man United. He was in the 95 yeah. Youth Cup winning team. And obviously, the, the previous time they won the Youth Cup, most of their team went on to play for, well, not even the first team, but international level as well. Uh, so the game has John Curtis down as being this, you know, give him games and he'll become the next um, the next Sol Campbell kind of thing. Um, but uh, sadly for him, he made a handful of appearances at Man United and sort of, Played in the championship and uh, a couple of a couple of lower league, lower uh, low end Premier League sides, but never really reached the, the great heights he was expected to.
0: So I'm trying to think, is it, who were the in in the game? Take Bakyoko to one side for a minute. Who were the greatest sort of players around on the game in, in that time? Who were like when you go on the player search screen, they're they're right at the top in terms of value and that.
1: All right, so um, obviously Ronaldo, uh, who was, he just moved into Milan from yeah. Barcelona, um, Batistuta, even who was. Touching 30, he was still uh, still must-have if you could get him. Uh, Robbie Fowler of Liverpool, um, he would nearly always move on to a Man United or even like a Barcelona after a couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, most of the Parma team, for example, uh, they've got Crespo, um, among others. And then, of course, there's the likes of Shearer. Uh, i say he's injured at the start of the game, but again, he, uh, Newcastle could rarely hold on to him. He'd always end up going... Man United, that sort of thing. Uh, Alfonso, who uh, is at Real Betis, uh, he got his big move to Barcelona a couple of years after that, but he was, I think he's probably the highest valued player at the start of the game.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think that that rings a bell. I couldn't really. He, he didn't go. I mean, he didn't go on to be sort of a, a, an absolute superstar. The other, the other names that you've mentioned, obviously most of us will have heard of, and yeah. and and, and will know of making incredibly good careers. But he was one of the big name ones. And there was a few in La Liga, wasn't there, that that were really well. Was sort of like very expensive, but um, but weren't probably going on in the real world to have the careers that they had.
1: Yeah, well, see, Alfonso, he got his move to Barcelona, and didn't really work out for him. Unfortunately, it sort of petered out from from there. But uh, he, uh, I think he went to Euro 2000, if I remember rightly. But um, you know, he he was, if if he'd gone by the, the CM 1978 database, he would have been Ballon d'Or winner multiple times if, uh, if yeah. they'd had their way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose that's the, the, kind of the fun, isn't it, going back and seeing how how highly some of these players were rated but never really, uh, never really reached the the promise.
0: Yeah.
2: So Dave, it's, uh, it's a World Cup year, and you are running a ninety-seven, ninety-eight World Cup. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what that is and, and what it entails?
1: Yeah, so um, the idea behind this is that I'm, I've always been trying to push different ways to, to get the most out of this game. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's over 20 years old now, and trying to find new things to do on it is, is few and far between. But uh, for the 20th anniversary, I ran a short – it was an eight-man tournament um, – just to see if it could be done really i mean there's no network features in the game so a lot of it was done over sort of sending screenshots on twitter It was a bit like play by mail but in the in the modern age yes um, yeah it was yeah so but with you can do things like sharing screens that sort of thing so we, we, i tried it with, with an eight-man tournament um chris crashed out in round one you probably forget about that but it was fixed. um <laughs> <fixed>. <laughs> uh, so and then someone tweeted me and said have you ever Played as Romania in the game because you can you can go in the editor and make any national team playable. So this opened up a whole new world of, of possibilities for for saves and things like that. And I thought, well, if we can if we can run a World Cup, you have a maximum of sixteen sort of human-controlled teams, if you like. So it's half the field. Um, but to be honest, there's probably no more than that who are sort of good teams to manage anyway in the national game. Um, so I thought, let's give it a go. Let's see if we can do it. um I say we so we've got. These, uh, these 16 playable nations, um, we've assigned them to 16 sort of friends of the blog, fans of the game, that kind of thing. Um, and unlike the first tournament, which was just a set of friendlies I set up, this one's actually going to be ran in line with the World Cup in the game, which takes a lot of the heavy lifting off my shoulders. But uh, I have to admit, I am sort of touching wood every time I open the game in the fear of it crashing, because we've got so many players loaded. It takes forever to go from screen to screen. Um, I'm just sort of crossing my fingers that we can get through it. But uh, it, it's, it's got a lot of promise.
0: It, uh, should, it should be a really good tournament. I mean, the, obviously there's the initial problem in the fact that about five of the players I wanted to pick from my Argentina side don't exist in the game, which again leads me to think that maybe the the championship manager gods are conspiring against me, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a, it, it looks like a, a really exciting tournament, and sort of takes you straight back to like the the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, and I, I'd forgotten um, so, so much uh, so much about it, um, and having uh, having sort of looked through my Argentina squad to to try and uh, try and lead us to uh, to glory this time round. There's some brilliant players. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really a, a really exciting World Cup because some of the talent that's on the show.
2: I was going to say, it sounds like you've got a, a decent draw with Argentina there, Chris.
0: Well, yes, I I would class myself as as one of the favourites for the tournament. Um, <laughs> I think I've thrown enough people off the scent by crashing out of the the practice run in the first round. I can't even remember who I was. I Real Madrid in that, Dave.
1: Yeah, you had the underdogs. Yeah,
0: yeah. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just had this little Mickey Mouse team. To, uh did they win? Did they win the Champions League that year as well?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I think they beat Juventus in the final that right. year.
0: So I took a Champions League winning team and got them knocked out to Ajax in the first <laughs> in the first round of this competition by picking somebody who was sixteen, forgetting that he was sixteen.
1: Yeah, it can be awesome I mean, he was probably still bald, but um, but still, <laughs> but still sixteen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't my uh, the most researched effort I've, I've ever done when it came to, it. but I have spent a little bit of time on doing this. But, but Dave, if you were a betting man, who who would you be backing to win this World Cup?
1: Uh, well, I was helping uh Mark or put a squad together last night. Just, whoa. Well, he was telling me who to who to click on. We did a screen. We did, oh, okay. we did a screen All share right. last night. Um, and honestly, that Brazil team, he's got so many options. Like none of them can defend, but you know, going forwards, it's uh. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, it's hard, they're hardly underdogs, to be honest with, but you, know they're going to take some beating. Um, you've got France, the real-life winners. Um, so he has got France? Uh, at 90s football, um, Paddy, to give him his, his real name. But yeah, the, the chap who runs the yeah. 90s football account. Um, so he knows his onions. So he, um, he, I mean, the France team's also littered with great players. Um, well, they did OK, didn't they? Oh, I mean, they, only, they only won the damn thing. And, and he's on home soil, of course, which you kind of forget. Yeah. Um, But another thing in his favour is that he's in one of the only groups where he is the only sort of human team, um, which will probably work in his favour. Because I think when you've got sort of two human controlled teams playing their own formations, they're more likely to cancel each other out, whereas you can sort of beat the AI with certain tactics, which uh, Paddy should be able to do.
0: Good stuff. Just to keep James interested in this tournament, I mean, are are there any West Ham players featuring?
1: I doubt it. Oh um, well, I've got Scotland. So, do I have any uh, any West Ham players
0: from the time? Don Hutchinson was he still at West Ham at that point? Ooh, um, I can't remember. I'm not having to. I've just sold. I've just sold him in in my save, but um, but he was so he was at West Ham in ninety five
2: ninety six. 96? Oh, he would have Then I think I think he came back early two thousands for a spell. Okay. But I'm um, looking back at that. I mean, that was quite a good. I think ninety nine West Ham finished fifth, so we were in a good time then. Just before,
1: yeah. I mean, you've got you, you, you've got a young Rio, like you've got a young Rio Ferdinand. Uh, I don't know if I think Dan barker has got England. I don't know if he picked Rio. Um, I mean, he's he's probably nineteen at the time. Um, he was, he's certainly been on the radar. Uh, Trevor Sinclair's yeah. there, but again, probably unfortunately, England have got so many forward options. Um, the likes of tricky Trev wouldn't have made it uh
0: score of the best overhead goal i've ever seen actually on this on this day we're recording where ronaldo's getting massively <laughs> deserved praise for what was if there is such a thing as a bog standard overhead kick that was a bog standard overhead kick but anyway moving on
1: <laughs> i think so i think sinclair's was better anyway let's be fair
2: so, so today we have written a book on uh world cup 98 using uh the 97 98 haven't you
1: that's right yeah so um Shortly after starting the blog, um, our good friend Chris um, was talking to me on Twitter, and he suggested, uh, "Why don't you Why don't you write a book about, about playing the game?" Uh, and I so say, "What I've been trying to do is uh, is get myself into doing sort of live blogging of football matches, that kind of thing." So I said, "Well, why don't I write a book about a season in '97-'98, and when it comes to England's games, I'll do a, a sort of a live blog of uh, of how those games go on." Um, so that's what the, that's the premise of the book. Really, it's it's me as the England manager. Um, we go through sort of week by week of what happens in the actual season, building up to England trying to qualify, and then England going to the World Cup itself.
0: It's uh, it's uh, a, a very very good, funny read, guys. And Dave probably won't sell it brilliantly himself because he's a bit too a bit too modest to to do that. But in in terms of in terms of actually remembering what was going on in the real world at the time uh, and then having a sort of a, a slightly satirical sideways glance at what the game translates that into and stuff uh, it's uh, it, it's very much worth a, worth a read it's uh, I won't give away too much but uh, uh, I can't even remember if you took Paul Gascoigne or not actually but anyway
1: Oh. we definitely took Paul Gascoigne that was one of the things I wanted to put right um obviously Hoddle didn't take him in real life probably rightly looking back at the evidence but you know, I didn't have any other outside issues to contend with in ninety seven, ninety eight. So he was just a good player who I couldn't not take, really. Um, plus, we all know how instant body worked out in that last sixteen game. So I needed some creativity.
0: Definitely, definitely. But that's that's the thing, really. I mean, I'd be to uh, there, There's going to be some games in this World Cup that we that we play um, over the next sort of couple of months where we will actually be almost replaying some of the games that happened in in the real World Cup. So it's going to be really interesting to see if any any further history can be rewritten.
1: Well, I mean, you've got uh, Argentina in your group, haven't you? Sorry, England in your group. So yes. um, uh, that's that's one score to sell. Um Definitely, it's going to be a good game.
0: Unfortunately, the uh, the, the technical capability of uh, of CM ninety seven ninety eight doesn't lead me as far to employ as many of the dirty tactics as I would be able <laughs> to employ on, uh, on FM18 for example but we'll, we'll do our best shot to, to get in and around Beckham um, and, uh, and see what results we can get on that
1: well I wish you well because uh, I said I think I'll well, get through the group but uh, I think um, England are going to be the toughest challenge to win the group
0: well with, uh, with Tunisia and Australia as the only other two teams in the group I will be even more embarrassed than the last time <laughs> we did this if I fail to get out of that group that would be that would be a, an absolute an absolute disaster. Who, who have you actually got in it, Dave?
1: Uh, so I, I've I've got Scotland. Um, oh, you said, yeah, yeah. So I'm in with Nigeria, uh, who is the other human control team in my group, which isn't bad from a they can't really defend point of view, but they again they've got loads of forwards. Um, to be honest, I've spent so long trying to sort this out. I've barely looked at my own my own problems, but. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy the ride and I'm going to see every, I'm going to see every game anyway so you know we'll just, we'll just see, how, see how it goes
0: well, you, you, You've got the you've got the one real sort of challenge there as a Scotland manager is to get them out of a of a World Cup group well, that's um, it.
1: no one's ever done that exactly.
0: And, and you've also then got the the bonus of actually being at a World Cup as a Scotland manager and being the last Scotland manager to be at a World Cup, so that's pretty good oh, going that's,
1: that's all coming up. Yeah, I was hovering over calling up Duncan Ferguson last night, but uh, I'm not sure that's not sure that's going to help. So.
0: James, you'll agree with this. he have got to take Duncan Ferguson. Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: How could you not? If he's available.
2: He's got to be one of the first names on the sheet, right? Huh?
0: Well, you'd think. But who else is there? Gordon Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert Fleck. Was he still playing?
1: He is, but he's not on my radar. I think he was at, he's, at, he's at Norwich, right. I think, then. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the problem, without boring it with loads of detail, the problem with Dunk is that Everton have just been relegated. He's on a free transfer because he had a, a relegation release clause. Um, so he's, he's not in the best of moods. I mean, and he's always kind of mad. So can he take
0: that risk? Yeah, but... Not a lot beats an angry Duncan Ferguson on a football pitch Dave. That's got to, he's gotta be picked just for that. I mean you'd look at the end of the day, you're not gonna win it, Dave. I don't mean no. to be horrible, but you're not gonna win it with Scotland. So why why not take Ferguson along just for the for the potential storyline?
1: So you've just said that. When Alan Hansen said you're not gonna win anything with kids, you'll be prepared to have that that one line repeated over and over again for the rest of your life.
0: <laughs> it it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> in my life I've made an absolutely incorrect beyond words random statement about football which people like to remind me of on a, on a weekly basis so so there but no look it's going to be a really good world cup and and uh i presume it's all going to be written down narrated and we, and the the worldwide public can follow it that's though. right yeah
1: so the plan again without uh, giving loads away we're going to probably not going to do it live because i'm not brave enough um so we'll it and, re- and record bits and pieces and write up the blogs to then publish once we've got sort of enough ahead of ourselves because uh, the, the problem with, with having 16 people to rely on is everyone has lives outside of champ manager unfortunately so uh, I, I didn't want to commit to saying you know on Monday we're going to play this game and then all of a sudden we can't so we'll try and get as much done as we can and then, and, and then uh, publish the blogs ideally between that horrible lull between the end of the actual club football season and the start of the World Cup so there's, um, there's something to keep people entertained.
0: Good stuff. Well, look, as, as we've got a West Ham and a Newcastle fan here, I think you'll be having quite a nice little lull between the end of the season and, uh, and the World Cup because you'll both be able to take a big sigh of relief that you fact you're you' both in the Premier League still.
2: Well, let's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, we're, not, we're not at the woods yet, West Ham.
0: Even West Ham can't screw it up from here, James. Even West Ham.
2: No, trust me, we can. We're very confident of that. One more win and I think we'll be all right. Newcastle
1: are safe. Yeah, we need maybe a point or two from the last seven games or something. I think we'll be alright.
0: Yeah, I think Rafa's got a couple of nil nils in his locker somewhere that he can that he can draw out.
1: Ah, oh, I mean, since since the new goalkeeper arrived, we um were we a lot better at not conceding goals, which is what, <laughs> what you want from a goalkeeper. So.
0: <laughs> genius, genius, <laughs> brilliant. Well, on that on that on that fantastic comment there from the Newcastle fan yet again making the claim that Newcastle fans are the most intelligent in the world. <laughs> we shall move on to uh, move on to question of the week.
3: Question of the week.
0: So, folks, uh, a fairly obvious question of the week this time round was, what is your best memory of uh, Championship Manager 97-98? And uh, I hope you're going to enjoy this this uh, piece of writing from Chris Emmanuel. James, he's been on the podcast two weeks in a row. I think he is actually starting to like us. I think, Yeah,
2: he's, he's beginning to warm to us. He's beginning to warm to
0: you anyway. Well, yeah, uh, we can we can work on, on you as, as time goes on. But anyway, Chris tells us, Championship Manager 97-98. Two names, Ibrahima Bakayoko and John Curtis. You'd pick Bakayoko up from Montpellier at the start of the game for $11.5 million, put him in the AM strata with a forward-facing arrow behind a front two, then watch the goals fly in. He was the best player in the game by far. Curtis was a Manchester United trainee. He preferred playing right-back, but could play right-wing back or centre-back. He nearly always went on to captain the England team. You'd pick him up for around 425000 at the start of the game, and you'd build your back line around him. I was at uni when this came out. 20 years on, my best mate and I still reminisce over our PSG save. We managed what Kerbishly and Grit failed to do, form a cohesive and workable co-management partnership. This was well before PSG became super rich, they were floating around in the lower echelons of League One. We used Bakayoko as the centrepiece for the team for two seasons to establish ourselves as the best team in France and then made the bold decision to turn the team into a pure French side with the ultimate aim of making the first 11 the first 11 of the national team. It took us three further seasons to achieve that, mainly because Christophe Riveau took so long to displace Marseille's Fabien Barthez in goal. Our save culminated in us completing the clean sweep in a single season from the French version of the Charity Shield through to the French leagues, Cups, Champions League and World Club Cup or whatever the equivalent was back then all whilst listening to Radiohead's OK Computer album like the melancholy little 19-year-olds we were. Chris, thank you for sharing that with us. That was very special.
2: So we've got another one from At You Beep, uh, which is in Slack, Uh Rui George and Antonio Carlos at centre-back was always the winner.
0: Dave, you'd concur with that?
1: Um I mean, Antonio Carlos is at Roma. Um, he's in that, as I mentioned, Brazil team. I, I can't honestly say I've ever managed the pair of them. Um,
0: you've played about five million seasons of Championship matches in 1997-98, and you've never <laughs> managed either of them?
1: I don't think so. Um, John Curtis is, is always my go-to at centre-half, as for um, Chris's uh, long post there. And... Uh, I don't know. I guess Antonio Carlos being Brazilian, you had the old problem with the uh, non-EU players, so I probably wouldn't have wasted a non-EU slot on the centre-half, as, as Keegan-esque as that sounds. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we've got Mark who, uh who's, as we already know, in, in the World Cup. He said on Twitter, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Why one word, Bjorn Heidenstrom. He better get a mention at CM9798. So, Blackie, tell us a little bit more about this legend.
1: All right, so... Bjorn, is uh, he starts the game at Leighton Orient, um, who are in Division 3 at the time. For some inexplicable reason, he is just incredible. Um, is uh, I think he played four times for Leighton Orient the previous season. Um, so why they decided to make him this brilliant, fantastic player, I don't really know. But uh, he's available for next to nothing. Um, he can play centre-half or centre-midfield. Um, and... Uh, on a personal note he, he did a great interview for me uh, around the 20th anniversary of the game last year um, he signed some books for us that kind of thing as well to give out his prizes um, top bloke really nice fella but also will win you lots of games for champ manager so uh, he'll do a job pretty much any division except you know like the top six of a, of, the, of the top league whatever, whatever country you're in but certainly football league and lower half premier league teams get him in uh, he's worth every penny
2: okay next up we've got uh, one from at c underscore carpenter 14 uh, one word sliders I think it's uh, another one for you Blackie
1: well the only thing I could think about sliders is there was a TV program at the time called sliders I don't know what else that would refer to in all honesty um,
0: that's why I threw this one to you because I wasn't sure either
1: yeah sorry me no I mean unless it's unless it's just the, the, the name they're given to like scrolling through the little menu things but they I mean there's no it was all like next page rather than actually dragging like a scroll and bar down or anything like that. Um, Carl going
0: to have to come back to us and explain this one I think because uh because we're we're a little bit stumped unless of course it was the the television show. Cool. Well look that's uh, some great some great input there from uh, from our fans uh, which is which is always nice to get. And again just even bringing up some of these names just brings back so many memories of this with this wonderful game. Uh, we're going to move on to, it. Might, we might be talking Championship Manager this week, but obviously this is a Football Manager podcast and you would kick us if we didn't have your uh, your favourite person doing the FM tip of the week. So we're going to throw it in that direction now. Here's your tip of the week. Chris, James, thank you for having me back on and activating that contract extension for the loan. I'm back here with another hint and tip of the week. Here we go players' attributes will naturally decrease during the off-season, when they are on holiday or doing very little training. But I wouldn't worry too much about this. After all, some of the Premier League's best teams have gone on goodwill tours in the Far East, filmed themselves doing questionable acts and still come back to win league titles. Cheers, guys. (laughs) that was fm grasshopper yet again giving us another really really intellectual fm tip of the week he's getting a little bit flirty with this as well james which uh which i'm sure you don't you don't mind we're, we're going to move on to five things to do when playing championship manager 97 98 now so so dave um give us give us five tips and uh, and tell us a little bit more about how this would help somebody who's now super excited about going back and playing the old game
1: all right so without turning this into one giant plug, if you go to uh, cm9798.co.uk, you'll find a lot of the things I'm about to mention uh, over the next five points. Uh, So the first thing you're going to want to do is is actually download and play the game. Um, You might have the CD, in all honesty, if you're on a a modern laptop, uh, it's probably not going to work. Um, But you can download it, conscience free, you've already bought the game, don't worry about downloading it. I'm pretty sure it's freeware by now anyway. They've made their money off the game. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, what you're going to need is DOSBox. Um, DOSBox is just a program that allows you to run MS-DOS on a, on a modern computer. Uh, I'm not going to go through step-by-step guide because it's on the website I just mentioned. Um, if you have any problem with that or you need a download of the game, give me a shout on Twitter. Um, I've uploaded to my Dropbox so I can just send you the link uh, because I like everyone else to enjoy the game as much as I do.
0: Jamesy what's number two on the list
1: number two is good teams to manage all right so if you're uh, if you're after a challenge what I always say uh there's, there's two big challenges in the game um trying to keep Barnsley in the Premier League um you might, you might recall this is their, their one season in the Premier League they got relegated um but their team is absolutely atrocious there's no money to spend um it's a it's a fun challenge to take on if you if you want to go down that route.
0: Who's in that Barnsley team? Uh, I'm thinking about Georgie ristoff Was he there?
1: Yeah, he's there with Andy Little and uh, Ashley Ward, Neil Redfern. Ashley um, Ward. Jeez. Uh Clint Marcel yeah. who was the uh and then they had um uh at the back they had Nicky Eden I think is yeah. is wonderful to watch Nicky Eden. No,
0: I'm thinking Nicky Shorey.
1: No. No, I didn't. Yeah. And they've got I think they've got Ayan DeZu with centre half, who I suppose yes. if you like your pointless trivia, Tony Blair named as one of his three favourite Premier League players when he was on football focus that time.
0: He did, and I actually went <laughs> on to went on to play for Johnny Cooper as well. Or, or actually, or did he? I think, uh, spoiler alert, when Johnny left Mansfield to go to Wigan, um, Arjan was in Wigan's side in ninety nine, two thousand. Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah. He did he did so. go to Wigan, yeah, yeah, he was there for yeah, it would yeah. make sense of that.
0: So he was there. He was there when Johnny took over at Wigan, and um, and but I think got sold at breakfast the day of Johnny's first game because he had a release clause that got activated, and I never. Oh, oh, sorry, Johnny actually never got to play him, and I was without a centre half for the for that imminent game. But yeah, there's another bit of our the, the zoo chat. All right, Barsley's Bar- one good team. Yeah,
1: uh, and then if you like even more of a challenge, uh, down in the third division, you've got the likes of Doncaster who have hardly any players. Um, and hardly any money um, a friend of mine also in the World Cup uh, he's called King of the Rooks on Twitter he, is, he stands by this theory that Colchester are the hardest team to manage in the game uh, he has no evidence to back that up he just says that's the, the biggest challenge so give it a go See see how you get on uh, I'm sure the people of Essex will be glad to have you excellent
0: excellent what's number three James
2: Good tactics. And obviously, it's not as uh, detailed as as we're used to seeing it now. So, um, Dave, what's the best best way to go with this
0: one? And I, I'm taking notes on this one. <laughs> so, for my
1: most of my life, I've been playing five three two on this game. Thinking it's solid. It was kind of the in in the in fashion formation at the time. Uh, Glenn Hoddle was playing it with England, that kind of thing. However, um, since launching the blog, people have come from all. The, corners of the world to tell me how much of an idiot I am. You want to be playing um, as direct as you can. And direct doesn't necessarily mean long ball to big dunk. It means getting the ball over the top for strikers to run onto, which really beats the the match engine. Um, So the the formation that I've been playing with uh, Aberdeen on on the save I've been doing on the blog at the minute can only be described as a 2-3-1-2-2, which sounds every bit as daft as it is. Basically, you've got with your, you need two centre forwards who have got uh, off the ball and pace being particularly high, um, and then you just score lots of goals. Which the, the main problem on the match end is that the goalkeepers are, are far better than what they should be. So this uh, this tactic just allows you to, to pepper them from all angles, and eventually you will score. Um, again, there's more details about these on the hints and tips section of the website.
0: So are we in this World Cup, Dave, are we basically just going to see it get taken back to the dark days of the 1980s, where every team that's got anything English involved in it is just going to be playing hoofball and, uh, and knocking it to the front line.
1: Yes, but at least okay. you at least we have to watch it. You'll just see it in, in, in text form. So.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so we've mentioned some of the number four best players. We've mentioned some of the best players already, but are there any others out there that we've that we've not touched on?
1: Let's see. So in goal, I would always say if you can get uh, Dida from Corinthians, um, go for it. He's would probably be less than a mil. Again, he, if you're in a, a European nation, he's going to have a, a non-EU place, but he's worth it. As I say I think the goalkeeper is the most important position on the pitch in that game. Um, purely because of how the match engine works, if you've got a goalkeeper who's got poppad on hands, you're going to concede lots of goals and that's not good Um, we've mentioned John Curtis in front of him Um, again, if you're managing in a a really sort of low down club with not much money uh, there's a guy called Andrew Duncan on a free transfer he was actually discarded by Man United I think the previous summer Um, so he's still got quite high potential because they've just obviously changed the club from Man United to free transfer, so He's worth getting hold of um, steve haslam from chef wed uh, not so readily available um, you'll probably be able to get him on loan but they seem to be quite keen to keep hold of him um, he's another one who will take some time to develop uh, further further forward basically any of man united's youth players get hold of them if you can so phil ryan is excellent uh, ben thornley um, Graham tomlinson's another one who is uh, a former Man United uh, youth player but who's been released, so he's available for nothing. Um, and then up front, as I said we've mentioned Bakayogo and Manweren already. Um, but if you just look at who was a good player at the time, for the most part, the game has picked them up to be to be good players. Um, there's not many sort of. If you pick Robbie Fowler and Alan Shearer, you're going to be fine. It's it's not. It's normally the other way around where players are surprisingly good rather than players being surprisingly bad.
0: Yeah. No West, Ham mentioned, uh, no West Ham players mentioned there. <laughs> yeah, leave
1: him. Well, West Ham at this time, I suppose, they were kind of flirting with relegation every year and signing the likes of John Harton and Paul Kitton to try and keep them up. Um, Hartson's decent. I'll give him that. He's a, he'd be a decent get, but he's, he's just moved to West Ham in the game, so uh, it'll be a while before he's available again.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. It's... I, I spent, I think it was the summer of 2014, it must have been, working my way through the old Championship Manager Games from the very, very first one through to ninety nine 2000 which is where I, where I chose to, to start writing the Johnny Cooper book. But going back through the old games, it is absolutely fantastic. And I'm, as we've said on the uh, on the podcast for the last couple of weeks, I've, I've started off doing West Ham in 95, 96 on FM 18, but using a 1995, 96 database, which is available on Steam. And just the the memories it evokes from just having these old names sort of flashing around and stuff. It's absolutely brilliant and if uh, if you are getting a little bit stuck with an idea for what to do on FM18 for example i really would recommend going back and, and having a go on on the older games particularly 97 98 because it is just so much fun
1: you might recall a couple of years ago i did a similar thing where i started off with um sort of the first champunder and worked my way through to yeah. the the last iteration and it was it was good fun seeing how the game had developed and you could see where they'd sort of like built on certain features in in from one series to the next uh so it, it's you know if you've got a couple of weeks to spare, give it a go. They're all they're all out there, available somewhere or other. So uh, it's uh, it's worth doing.
0: Definitely. Well, look before we move on to the community roundup, it's probably a good opportunity to check to check in with James and find out how Boreham Woods going. So James, tell us.
2: Okay. Well, I've had a really busy week since we last recorded. So um, I'm yet to finish that first season. I will. I do plans to do, um another update on the website. Hopefully by this weekend. But we're doing alright. We've got about six or seven league games to go. We're in a, a a title race um with Leighton Orient at the moment. Okay. Um unfortunately I lost Bruno Andrade in January. Where did he go? He we went to Shrewsbury. Oh. Yeah, he, he he his last game he saved us in the, I think it was the FA Trophy. He scored a penalty to take us through to the next round. Um and then about a day later he came swooping and, and took him off me did
0: you get any money out of him?
2: I, th- I, I think I think it was about 50 or 60 grand from what oh, I okay from. that wasn't too bad um, he, he wouldn't sign a new contract so he was in his last six, month, uh, six months as well so I mean it's not too bad But um, I've, I've replaced him with a couple of players um, on free transfers um, in the hope that we do get promoted because the, the wages are quite high so but yeah I mean Six games left. I mean, us and Orient are like level on points going into those final that final running, um, and I think it's literally we're separated by goals scored at the moment. So it's literally who slips up first.
0: Do you have, do you have to play them again in the uh, in the running, or are you done with them?
2: Uh, no, I, I think I'm done with them, but I've, I've just drawn them in the FA FA Trophy semi-finals. So Ooh. yeah, bit of a grudge match there.
0: So with a few games left, what would you take now? Would you take going straight up or would you rather go through the playoffs and get a trip to Wembley and get promoted?
2: Uh, well, I'd, ra- I'd rather definitely go straight up. I, I don't know if it, like National League is like first, go- only the first, uh, the team that wins it goes up automatically and then you have yeah. to go through the playoffs. So um, I'd rather win it rather than the heartbreaker playoffs. But um, we'll, we'll see, see what happens. If we, if we do, do the playoffs, I'm thinking we're the strongest team left other than Orient in there so I would, I'd be quietly confident we'd, we'd go up anyway but um, I'd rather not go through that lottery
0: Fair enough well we look forward to seeing what the outcome is uh, over the weekend Davey you, you, you've dabbled in FM 17 FM 18 because you've written a couple of things on tempo for us around that are you doing anything with it at the moment?
1: Yeah, so I still like to play when I get the time. It's it's purely just a, a time thing that I, d- I don't play it more often. But uh, I've just started a game as Leicester over the over the Easter weekend. Um, I, I do a lot of reading about like what to, what formations to play, that kind of thing. Um, so I decided I was going to play as Leicester. I was going to play three centre-forwards, and I was going to sell Mares and use the money to buy better centre-forwards. Yeah. Um, and uh, no one bought Mares, so now I've just got an, an unhappy Algerian on the books. Very similar <laughs> to real life. Um, and my first game was against Man City and I was 3-0 down after 5 minutes and I was very tempted just to end it all there but I didn't. Um, I think we lost 6-3 um, I, I've, won, I've won a couple of games, I've played Arsenal I was 3-0 down at half time we were 4-3 up after 65 minutes and we drew 4-4 wow. so it's is it working? I don't know Um it's I actually Ayonacho was scoring all my goals, um, but he broke a foot playing for Nigeria. So it's all up to Leonardo Alua now. Ooh. So let's see how that goes. I, I'm planning on writing this up for you at some point, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm waiting to see if if it's embarrassing or fairly decent. We'll see how it goes. Cool.
0: So if it's if it's really embarrassing, could we have that, please? And <laughs> we've got we've got enough fairly decent outcomes on tempo at the moment with people doing well. So I'd, I'll, I'll commission it if you balls it up completely.
1: Well, I think we just played Watford, um, and I got eight players booked, and we drew two-two, and we had, I think we had two sent off as well. It's filthy, Chris. It's filthy. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm
0: not sure how it's going to pan out. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, look. Okay, well, that, that's kind of linking us in nicely, almost seamlessly to uh, to this week's community roundup. So uh, over to the boys or the boy at Longball Foot. The
2: community roundup.
3: Normal order has been restored to the community section this week, people, as I return to provide you with some of the best football manager content you can find out there. You can find me on Twitter at longballfoot to give me grief about the fact that I'm not Samo. And we start this week with our old amigo, yes, while he may not be doing the community section anymore, he's still pumping out that top quality FM content he's become known for. He's provided us this week with Season 7 of his Sterling Save, where he's attempting to kick on and take Albion to the next level. It's a fantastic read, and you can find it on occasionalfm.wordpress.com and... Follow him on Twitter at fm__samo and he will probably even tweet about FM Slack, so get involved with that as well. At According to FM is also back to writing again after losing his America De Cali save thanks to those pesky hard drive problems. He's headed to the Netherlands this time with his total anti vootball approach, where he's attempting to implement a defence first style play at Vitesse Arnhem. This time out he shows you how you can analyse a squad using his methods. You head on over to according to fm.wordpress.com to see how he gets on there. At dgear86 is probably best known as one half of grassing gear. Did you know that he also writes occasionally? Well, if you didn't, you're an idiot and you should probably pay some more attention. This time out, he's defeated the alleged hacks that is 433 narrow and he explains how he achieved it with his cash and pass aside. dgear86.wordpress.com see that one. The Higher Temple Press gets another plug this week thanks to the sheer number of content it just pumps out on a week to week basis. There's some really top notch stuff on there so it's highertemplepress.com to go and see all of that, but we want to focus on at Luke Phelps's work this week. He's attempting to take Blackburn back to the top of the English football ladder, and he's up to part six already. If you want to catch up with his journey, then head on over to the templepress.com. And finally, Cleon is widely regarded as one of, if not the finest, FM writers out there, with his guides and ideas being utilised and implemented by many into their games. He's recently released his newest post, a guide on goalkeepers. Now, while that may seem rather limited on the surface, Cleon goes into great detail about the different roles and what they can do to benefit your team. It's tandbusquets.com to see that one. And that wraps up this week's community section.
0: Cool. So that was uh, all the great stuff going on in the FM community. So uh, make sure you check all those sites out. Give them some love because there's some brilliant stuff going on as ever out there. Uh, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of today's podcast, chaps. Uh, You got anything else you want to add, Jamesy? Uh,
2: No, only that it's really uh, inspired me to download uh, 9798 and, and have another go at it. I briefly remember it growing up um, when I was about eight or nine. So um, I'm definitely going to be booting this up later on this week.
0: Fantastic. I was clearly the only one playing it in my, I would have been, oh God, I'd have been nearly 20. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's good. That's good to remind myself that I'm a good 10 years older than, than both of you brilliant um, and and Blackie, thank you ever so much for uh, for for coming on and reminding us of uh, of the the wonder of how all this craziness started back in the back in the 90s because this was what the third edition fourth edition
1: so there was um this was the third game on the cm2 engine um what was it was it 95 96 yeah, yeah. or oh, 94 95 as well i think so yeah maybe the fourth um yeah, it all blends into one, but yes, yeah. um, it's definitely the most polished of the of the CM2 series.
0: Yeah, it was an a- absolutely brilliant game, and the and the work you've done on your website in terms of giving it uh, a bit of a legacy where people can always go back and and, and sort of reminisce and take part in it as well was absolutely absolutely fantastic. So hats off to you for that one. Oh, thank you. Uh, give g- give the book one more plug.
1: Yeah, so the book, uh, well, books, I suppose I should say, because we've also done one or Two. Both are available on Amazon. Uh, the links are well, on my Twitter profile as the, as the pinned tweets or if you go on cm9798.co.uk and follow the books section, uh, it'll take you straight through to, to both books there.
0: Great stuff. And James, where can we find out more about you?
1: Uh,
2: you can get me on uh, my own football manager Twitter handle at JamesJonesFM um, or get me, catch up on my board and would save on JamesJonesFM.com. What about you, Chris?
0: Uh, for me, football manager stuff is uh, at ten potatoes FM. There's not been a lot going on on there recently because I haven't had time to to do much more with with West Ham in 95, 96. Uh, The writing of all that stuff is on www.thehighertempopress.com. And if you want to follow me moaning about things like Ronaldo's overhead kick being very overrated, you can follow me on at Chris Darwin RDM. That's at Chris Darwin RDM. There's a subtle little change there at the end. Obviously, you want to follow everything that we do with the Deep Line podcast. So you're going to now go away and subscribe to us Whatever platform you're listening to, be that SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, ACAR, Spotify, whatever it is. Uh follow us on Twitter at the Deep Lying Pod and check out the website www.deeplyingpodcast.co.uk where you are currently getting a daily from the archives where we go back over the previous 129 or so podcasts and share with you some of this great stuff that Ed, George, Chris, and James were doing previously. Uh, guys, anything you want to finish with? No, not from me. I'll take the silence. Oh, no, no, no. Thanks,
1: thanks for having us on. It's, it's been a pleasure.
0: Brilliant, Dave. It's been absolutely great having you on. Apologies for talking over you again there at the end. It's a, a very bad podcasting habit.
1: <laughs> Sorry, man. Don't worry about it.
0: And we have been the Deep Line Podcast, powered by Ronnie Dog Media, and we will be back next week. <laughs>